good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with today's daily COVID numbers. There were 16,031 new COVID-19 cases and 220 more fatalities recorded during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Thursday morning. There were 15,400 cases in the general population and 631 among prison inmates. On Wednesday, 15,417 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the virus. The seven-day average of testing has now conveniently disappeared and has been replaced with a percentage of tests to cases at 17.94%. Strangely, that positivity rate has dropped dramatically from the 30-40% to it showed previously. Now our first story of the day, CCSA shakeup looms. The Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration will continue its role in leading the country's fight to contain the COVID-19 outbreak, although it may later be transformed into a new body under a new disease control law that will replace the state of emergency the government said on Wednesday. According to the Deputy Prime Minister, because the CCSA was established under the emergency decree, when the state of emergency is lifted, then the CCSA will technically no longer exist. However, In practice, the CCSA will continue to function while the government deliberates the new disease control law, although it may have to be transformed into something else after the state of emergency is lifted, he said. Mr. Wasanu was responding to questions about the possibility of dissolving the CCSA when the government revokes the state of emergency, which it said would usher in the next steps of containing the coronavirus outbreak. The government is waiting for a new law that will allow it to declare a state of public health emergency without having to invoke the emergency decree, which generally covers all other emergencies including terrorism and mass unrest, he said. As the general state of emergency has been used for some time now, the government has found that it doesn't exactly fit the public health emergency the country is dealing with now. As such, a specific law is required to replace the general state of emergency, he noted. Public health emergencies require specialised measures that other types of emergencies may not need, before admitting that since 2005 the emergency decree has been used as if it was a one-size-fits-all solution. When the new law is in place, a body even larger than the CCSA may be established if needed, so it doesn't really matter if the CCSA is dissolved or not, he said. Political protesters have accused the government of using the decree for political purposes, as the prohibit on public gatherings meant they couldn't hold protests without breaking the law. The current state of emergency empowers Prime Minister Priya Chanacha to directly act on a situation without having to go through the required checks and balances in the name of dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. For instance, it allows him to ban entry to certain areas deemed a high risk for virus transmission and outlaw public gatherings. So just when you thought that we'd be getting rid of the CCSA and the junta-like feel that we've had for the last year and a half, They basically announced that they will be replacing it with just a larger body that will cost more money to maintain. I'm not quite sure it's needed. Surely the public health ministry could do the job. If it can't, then what's the point of the Ministry of Public at the end of the day? I do think they just want to have another body which will give them more legal powers over people and and give them the ability to curb protests against them. But we'll see how this plays out in the next couple of weeks. Now up next, digital health pass to be required for domestic flights. The Public Health Ministry yesterday confirmed the introduction of a digital health pass for use by passengers on domestic flights. 
The ministry confirmed it has signed a three-year agreement with the Civil Aviation Authority of Thailand, CAT, and the Airlines Association of Thailand for the use of the app on flights with seven airlines so far. The seven airlines are Bangkok Airways, Thai Smile, Air Asia, Air Asia X, Knock Air, Line Airways, and Vijet Air. It added that the app would receive and store information from the health ministry on an individual's vaccine status. This will then be incorporated into the existing MoreProm vaccine app, which was initially devised for people to book COVID-19 appointments, which was modified in due course to merely report any adverse vaccine reactions encountered. The Digital Health Pass is essentially an electronic health certificate in digital format that will contain three essential pieces of information relating to a person's vaccination details and COVID status. 1. COVID-19 vaccination data relating to the individual. 2. The result of any RT-PCR tests from participating hospitals and the results of ATK tests from participating clinics and pharmacies. And 3. The results of serum Ig antibody detection. All data stored in the app is secure, the ministry assured. The app is encrypted to prevent tampering and the data is stored using blockchain technology that adheres to international security standards established by the Electronic Transaction Development Agency and requires the consent of the document holder under the Personal Data Protection Act. Citizens will receive a digital health pass when they have successfully been administered two COVID-19 vaccinations or have successfully undergone COVID-19 testing at a hospital designated by the Ministry, which will be certified by the Ministry of Public Health electronic stamp. Those who have been vaccinated but do not receive the digital health pass on its release are advised to check with the hospital where they were vaccinated. Satipit Chucha, Deputy Public Health Minister, said that as the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration eases restrictions, a new set of precautionary measures are set to be adopted by the aviation industry under a practice of universal COVID-19 prevention and the app is a key component of this. At this stage, the digital health pass will be used for domestic flights only and expected to become operational soon. However, it may well be utilised for services in shops, restaurants and venues where customers are required to provide proof of their vaccine status at a later stage. So this looks like it's going to be the path that will be used throughout the country to determine vaccine status along with whether or not you're, you have been tested for COVID-19 or not. It'll definitely be used on the airline. So it's looking like that if you're not vaccinated, you probably won't be able to fly very anytime soon. And it'll also be used more than likely in restaurants, bars, barbers, salons, getting into a shopping center and other places like this. I guess it's very similar to ones that have been used throughout Europe and other parts of the world. I think with not having so many people fully vaccinated in the country, it may cause issues. Now, judging by the comments we've gotten in the past, a lot of the listeners here are definitely in favor of it. So what we will do is later on today, I will run a poll on the channel. We'll do a more scientific approach to this and we'll take a poll over the next 24 hours to see if people agree with the digital pass or don't agree with it. Now up next, reopening jitters strike in Pattaya. Hoteliers in Pattaya City have expressed concern over the feasibility of fully resuming under the city's reopening scheme as the still serious COVID-19 situation may hinder efforts to draw foreign tourists back. Pisud Seku, president of the Hotels Association in the Eastern Province, said hotel operators weren't even certain if the government would finally allow Pattaya City and two districts in Chanbury to reopen for tourism on October 1 as planned. They are still waiting to 
hear from the government for a final decision, Mr. Peacewood said. Although more than 40 hotels are taking part in reopening preparations, the question remains whether it was really feasible to resume full business operations. Considering the COVID-19 situation, hotel operators can really only hope to earn income mainly from Thai tourists visiting at the weekend and on holidays, which won't be enough to cover the cost of operations. Operators were worried that given COVID, foreign tourists might stay away. These hotel operators nonetheless want Western tourists, especially those who want to get away from the cold winter in Europe, to spend time in the picturesque seaside city and enjoy a warm climate. However, the COVID-19 situation here is considered critical and deters people from those countries from coming, he said. Despite that, several groups of British, Chinese and Indian tourists have already expressed interest in coming to Pattaya. If the government stands firm on the October 1 reopening plan, it should speed up rolling out tourism events aimed at attracting international tourists and creating a standard for tourism during a time when COVID-19 is still out there, he said. Chanburi Governor Patakon Tinachai said Pattaya City, Amuang and Banlomang districts of Chanburi will be included in the government's next tourism reopening plan. Under the programs called Pattaya Sandbox and Chanburi Move On, foreign tourists will be transferred from the airport to the quarantined for three days at hotels in the two districts and Pattaya, said Mr. Piacorn. If cleared of COVID-19 infection, they will be allowed to travel more freely in zones and on routes prepared for the reopening programs. About 80% of people in Pattaya have already been vaccinated against COVID-19, he said. Now, I'm not sure that number 80% is very correct, and maybe 80% for first dose, but certainly not second dose. Another issue that I would see here, well, there's actually a number of issues along the way that we could discuss, but the first thing that we need to draw your attention to is that Pattaya and Chanburi are in the dark red zones, therefore they're classified as severe restricted areas. They still have a curfew there every single night from 9am to 4pm or 3pm, I think maybe it's been reduced by one hour, but there still is a curfew there. I'm not quite sure tourists will be rushing to Pattaya to enjoy the curfew from 9 to 3 every night, so you got to be back in your room by nine o'clock. You're still not allowed to have a drink anywhere by the way. Bars are still not open, clubs are not open, restaurants aren't allowed to serve alcohol. So, I mean, it's not like it's a a haven for tourists as we speak. In actual fact, this is what we would call anti-tourism. It's a place where you go, they take your money, but you get nothing back in return. Now, hotel operators are also quite weary about this because there is a significant cost to reopening under this SHA Plus program. And there's a lot of work involved, particularly from the back of house end for hotels. And from my reading of this and my knowledge, the government and the provincial government want very little to do with enforcing the laws. They want to push it all onto hotels and hold them responsible for everything, including everything the guest does outside the hotel. They really do want to take no responsibility. I think this is really holding back hoteliers from getting involved down there. They look at what's gone on in Phuket and they see no real benefit for all the hotels that have participated. There's a little benefit for for the big boys, but not for the little guy. So they're probably wondering to themselves, what's the point? Now then again, you open these sealed routes up and then domestic tourists have to undergo certain screening probably vaccination certificate and at least a rapid antigen test. And then you start to persuade domestic tourists to go somewhere else. There are many, many things going on here and I'm not sure they've really thought any of this out. Of course, the Tourism Authority of Thailand are involved, so it definitely means nothing has been thought out over the last few months. Thrown together at a whim based on magic numbers and guesswork and hope. And that's all that the Tourism Authority of Thailand seem to operate on. If I was Pattaya right now, I'd be probably concentrating more on Thai domestic tourism and then focus on the country fully reopening in December or January, which means they wouldn't have to go through all these standards for only a couple of months worth of business. It's probably not worth it at the end of the day. 
So I'm not quite sure what's going on here. It seems that we first had Hua Hin now, who are not really so interested in getting involved. In it, and it looks like Patia are a little weary as well about getting involved. It'll probably hit Chiang Mai next because theirs is not a true sandbox either. It's a nor it's it's more a sailed route. So we're gonna have to just keep our eye on this and see what really is happening. The only news that seems to be coming out about this is cities and areas not wanting to participate. We don't hear about the places lining up to get involved. It. And it probably has a lot to do with low vaccination rate and probably not seeing a return on their investment for getting involved in this. Many schools found flouting COVID-19 preventative measures. The Department of Health said on Monday that some schools have reopened despite failing the assessment criteria required under the Sandbox Safety Zone and School Program launched last month. So far, 48 out of 68 schools tested have passed the assessment in red and dark red provinces. The department said many rules are being flouted, such as allowing outsiders to enter and leave boarding schools, not putting in place effective screening measures, allowing dormitories to be overcrowded, and not maintaining a one-meter distance between beds. The guidelines also require staff and students to always wear a mask even inside dormitories. The department held a meeting on Monday with the Education Ministry, the Pediatric Infectious Disease Association and the Royal College of Pediatricians to solve the problem. Now just a quick thing on this. When they say assessment, do they mean self-assessment as in the school filled out the thing themselves? and then submitted it to them and they gave looked through it and gave them a glowing score because that's what happens in many things in this country they are all self-assessments with no inspection and this is probably what's gone on in this case too and our next story singapore's vaccinated travel lane opens despite rising covid Singapore on Wednesday opened a new travel corridor that allows people who are fully vaccinated against the coronavirus to enter the country without undergoing quarantine, a move the government sees as crucial to its economic recovery. The first flight under the quarantine-free scheme arrived in Singapore's Changi Airport late afternoon. Singapore Airlines operated the flight from Frankfurt. But the long-awaited scheme has been overshadowed by the rising number of domestic COVID-19 cases. Even though more than 80% of the city's state residents have been vaccinated, new daily cases on Tuesday reached their highest level in a year, prompting the government to urge residents to curtail their social activities. At present, Singapore allows people traveling from low-risk locations including China, Taiwan and Hong Kong to enter without quarantining, regardless of their vaccination status. However, people traveling from most of other countries and regions must quarantine for a week or two after arrival, even if they are fully vaccinated. The new scheme, called the Vaccinated Travel Lane, will first cover travellers from Germany and Brunei. Most arrivals are expected to be from the European country, given the size of its economy. Germany was chosen first due to its high vaccination rate, relatively stable COVID situation and connections to the city-state. According to the German embassy, nearly 2,000 German companies are represented in Singapore and an estimated 8,000 Germans live in the city-state. Travellers using the new travel lane must have remained in their country of departure and or Singapore in the last 21 consecutive days before the departure for Singapore. They are also required to take PCR tests before departure and on arrival at Changi Airport. They must also take tests on the third and seventh day of their stay in Singapore. Now this is Singapore gradually reopening to the rest of the world. Pretty much sounds like the Phuket sandbox to be honest. Vaccinated, pre-departure PCR test, arrival PCR test, PCR test on your third day and then your seventh day. So yeah, it's just another Phuket sandbox but rebranded as the vaccinated travel lane. I think it's more geared for businessmen than tourists and we'll see in the coming months whether they start to relax their entry requirements even further. 
Hopefully so, because it's a country I definitely would love to go back to. I have a good friend who lives there, and uh, I've always had a fondness for Singapore. And finally, the Phuket News Roundup. Yesterday, we had 219 local COVID-19 transmissions. We had 291 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme. Nobody tested positive for COVID on arrival. They arrived on three flights, two Singapore Airline flights and one Qatar Airways. 314 travelers tested negative for COVID during their second test with no positive test results, while there were no reported infections during the third and final swab test of 330 tourists. Since the 1st of July, 29,654 travelers have availed of the Sandbox program. As of today, 92% of the Phuket population has now received one dose of the vaccine, while 72% are fully vaccinated. In other Phuket news, arrivals warned not to use saliva COVID-19 test kits. Health officials at the Phuket checkpoint in Phuket have warned that they will not issue negative test confirmation documents for antigen test kits that check saliva samples only. Arrivals who present saliva test ATKs only will be denied entry to the island. Park official look out for crocodile. Officers at Sirinat National Park on Phuket's west coast are still keeping watch for a crocodile in their area despite a fruitless search yesterday afternoon. And finally, roll out a third dose booster jabs underway in Phuket. The Phuket campaign to provide third vaccination injections as booster shots to increase protection against infection of COVID-19 among frontline medical workers and officials began at the indoor sports stadium at Sapanhin today. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.